A Mucky Business with Tim Farron. Hello, I'm Tim Farron and welcome to the show which delves into the mucky business of politics through the eyes of Christians. You might think politics is tainted by compromise and sin. Well, of course, you'd be right. But then again, so is everything else. And I think we should be praying in an informed way for our brothers and sisters who operate in and around the world of politics. Today, we'll be doing something a little different on the show. Instead of being joined by a guest as normal, we'll hear an address by the founder of Street Pastors, Reverend Les Isaac, given at the National Parliamentary Prayer Breakfast this week. The event's been held at Parliament's medieval Westminster Hall. It's the first time we could meet in person doing this for three years, which makes it a particularly special occasion. The prayer breakfast celebrates the contribution of Christianity to the national life of the UK. Regular listeners to this show will know that there are many Christian parliamentarians and staff. Nevertheless, I'm always struck that Christians are often pleasantly surprised to find out that we do regularly meet together for fellowship and prayer. The prayer breakfast is a chance to demonstrate this on a large scale. As 700 MPs, peers and church leaders join together to pray for parliament, government and politics, and to reflect on the continuing relevance of the Christian faith to public life. It's also an opportunity for the many non-Christian politicians in attendance to hear something of the gospel. The theme of the breakfast this year is serving the common good. It reminds us that at the heart of the gospel is the command to love our neighbour as ourselves. It also challenges us as Christians working in the public and political sphere to consider how we work this out in practice. In a time of such polarisation and division in politics, it is so important to bear witness to unity in the gospel. And it's a powerful reminder to us as MPs that our allegiance is to the kingdom above our tribe. The breakfast brings church leaders alongside their local MPs to build relationships with them. On social media, it is easy for people to hurl abuse at one another, and this sadly sometimes includes Christians as well. When someone holds a very different viewpoint, our culture seems to dictate that it is a form of secular heresy to even attempt to understand where they're coming from. The last thing you'd want is someone from your tribe accusing you of ideological impurity for the act of seeking to comprehend the other side's point of view. So, of course, the easiest thing to do in those circumstances is just to put our fingers in our ears and blot out the opposite side. But the act of meeting and worshipping God together enables us to build relationships with one another. And out of those relationships, we can seek to understand why someone who shares our faith might approach their politics very differently. Politicians, just like everyone else, fail and fall short of God's standards, which makes it tempting for Christians to just dismiss politics as a mucky business and to hide away from it. We can be so disgusted with the behaviour of some of those in positions of influence that we simply stop paying attention to what they say and do. But I don't think that the right response is to switch off. To be a Christian in full-time political work is a huge privilege, but there are huge pressures too. So more than ever, we need Christians to be praying for good MPs. We need prayer for integrity and humility in a world that seems to favour dishonesty and vanity, and which simultaneously puts people on a public pedestal, abuses them on social media, and then expects them to be well-balanced and make wise decisions. The prayer breakfast provides a tangible moment for those who are not in politics to focus their prayers for those who are. 
I encourage you to pray in an informed way about the issues that concern you today and the people involved in influencing and making important decisions. At the same time, those of us who are steeped in the political world are encouraged to step back and remember that politics is not the ultimate solution to the world's problems. God is sovereign over our nation. At the very centre of the Palace of Westminster is Central Lobby, the point where the corridors, the House of Commons, the House of Lords and committee rooms meet, and the place where people can come in off the street and ask to meet their MP. On the floor of the Grand Lobby, in Latin writing, largely unnoticed by the hundreds of feet that walk over it every day, is a Bible verse. It's from Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labour in vain. Please pray that our politicians come to an understanding of this truth, and that the prayers of those 700 people in Westminster Hall this week will, in the words of Psalm 141, rise like incense before the Lord. Pray that they will flow out into every part of Parliament, that they will give strength and wisdom to those working here and cause mercy and justice to be done in our nation today. Pray also that people will come to faith in Christ as a result of their attendance at this year's prayer breakfast. A Mucky Business with Tim Farron. So let's hear now the address given by Les Isaac at the prayer breakfast to 700 MPs, peers and church leaders in the huge 11th century Westminster Hall. The last two years has felt as if we have hit a rock bottom in terms of grief, bereavement, discouragement and uncertainties. There has been a sense of which we've been in it together all of us have been in it together in terms of the challenges we are facing during this global pandemic a mother whom i know lost her son on one given day on the next day she lost her daughter and after five weeks of waiting before she could bury them only five people could have been present at that gravesite. I could cite more things that I could say, tragic experience of people, and yet for the church and for the Christian, the psalmist helps and encourages us. It says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. For Christians, God is with us, but also we are encouraged to have the mind of Jesus, seeing things as he sees things, recognizing that through our griefs, through our challenges, there is hope. We are called not only to have this mind of Jesus, but we are called to be servants of others daily in our lives experience. And especially during difficult times, these dark valley experiences when it most matters. Over the past two years, there have been thousands of men and women who have rolled up their sleeves and have asked the question, what can I do to help? It has been most encouraging as a church leader 
just to listen to people from all over the country from the church saying, what can I do to help? I received an email from a street pastor management committee who said to me they had a 70-year-old man who was fit and well and was keen to get out and serve his community as a local street pastor. Christ has called us to follow him, but he's also called us to walk in humility as we seek to serve him and to live for him. And that's a challenge as the church and as Christians seek to serve in humility. Humility is the absence of pride and the ability to be down to earth and modest under all circumstances. This is Jesus in his life. This was Jesus came into this world to serve, to serve us, to serve humanity. But Jesus also expect us as the church to serve in humility and be found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross right across the united kingdom men and women who are serving their community without prejudice demonstrated demonstrated their concern and their passion for the common good of society. But there is a story. There is a story be behind every person as a Christian, every person who goes to church and who wants to serve, there's a story behind them. And that story is a story of love, how God loved them and how they desire to pour out and to show their gratitude of, for that love to others. A story of forgiveness how Jesus forgave them of their sins and how they want to have compassion and, and reach out to people and demonstrate that they appreciate and value the forgiveness of God for their sins the story of servitude and humility the story of the Son of God who came into this world and died on the cross and yet it's a story of Christ in every believer whom the hope of glory, a story of compassion. The fact that God gives his people the capacity to be compassionate, not living for themselves, but living for others and seeking to demonstrate that compassion for the weak and the poor and the marginalized and those who are in distress. At the center of our lives is Jesus and a desire to be like him and to fulfill his purpose here on earth. Many men and women are quietly demonstrating service, humbly and compassionately for the common good of their community, of society, of their city and their nation. But there's a challenge for us. Whether we're politicians, whether we are lay, from the laity, whether we are church leaders, there's a challenge for us to work in a collaborative way. To work where we can work for the common good with everyone within our community. For the good, to bring hope. But that 
we recognize that as we work together we recognize that we are bringing hope but equally we recognize that we cannot do it on our own i'm so glad to see so many parliamentarians here coming with their local church leader sitting together eating together and i pray that they'll be asking the question what can we do together in our constituency it's important that we understand that the god who loved us he's willing to give us hope and to use us to bring hope the 2020 international ministry conference on freedom of religion or belief and belief begins today with over 60 countries represented and hundreds of delegates it reminds us that there are christians and others across the world who are working with zeal and hope for the common good of their society and there are those who have become victims of kidnapping four months ago i had someone in my home and we had lunch together and she was talking about her experience in her country and she was kidnapped twice and the trauma and the pain it caused her and her family she works with aid victims as i visited her country four years ago and saw the work she did with hundreds of women in terms of supporting them and educating them and giving them skills and gifts and yet she became a victim of kidnapping and the trauma she's had to move home and sometimes she says i feel like i'm living in fear but yet the love of jesus that casts out the perfect love of jesus that casts out all fear gives her the strength and the ability to go on why do we do what we do we do it because god has empowered us to do it sometimes people find it very strange in terms of what christians do i was out one night in brixton at three o'clock in the morning and a man spent half an hour telling me how much he disagrees with my religion telling me that my religion was useless telling me all the bad things that my religion had done but after half an hour it was raining it was cold after half an hour he says don't like your religion but i like what you're doing <laughs> he said all of you come to my flat come up to my flat come and have a cup of tea and two spliff <laughs> i said to him we'll come for the tea but i'll take the spliff home to my wife <laughs> sometimes people find it difficult to get their heads around the church but that's okay let them see our good works a woman of a mucky business of with tim farron trained as a street pastor at the age of 79. i met her a few years later in her 80s and she just graduated as a street pastor school pastor this is because of the good news of jesus and the fact that she seeks to have the mind of jesus she seeks to humble herself and she seeks to be a servant of jesus i want to encourage all of us today i want to remind the church it's been difficult but christ has called us to be faithful i want to remind all of us here today that Jesus being found in the appearance of a man he humbled himself 
and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. I want to remind us today that all of us have influence. All of us have the ability to influence and to make a difference. And we're called to serve. We are called to work together for the common good, not for just for the party, not just for the denomination, but for humanity. My words of encouragement to us this morning, give hope a chance. Let hope flourish as you seek to lead and as you seek to have influence and as you seek to exert your influence across the world, across the city, across our community. Let us recognize it's together we will make a difference. It's to get together the common good of our community would be realized. May the Lord help us as we continue to serve. Thank you. Well, that was the voice of the Reverend Les Isaac, who was giving the address at the National Parliamentary Prayer Breakfast held this week in Westminster Hall. Each week, we give you the opportunity to ask a question, anything you'd like, really, about this mucky business of politics. It might be about how an aspect of this world impacts us as Christians who work within it. Or maybe there's a particular issue that you're struggling to make sense of. Well, I'd love to hear from you and at least attempt to give an answer. So please drop me an email to farron at premier.org.uk. Now, this week, Sarita has been in touch and she asks the following. Why isn't there more Christianity in schools like back in the 80s and early 90s when we had hymns being sung from mission praise hymn books, praying at the start of the day and assemblies based on faith? Well, it's a good question. I'm going to guess by the fact that you cited the 80s and the early 90s, Cyrita, is that you're slightly younger than me. I was 70s and 80s, but I went to a school that was not um, a church school. There was a little bit and certainly more than one would expect today of the Bible being referenced of there being hymns at, uh, at assembly time. And so I do recognise where you're coming from. I think there's a number of reasons why we are where we are today. First of all, is a view that, you know, we should separate church from state. America, which in many ways is a country where Christianity is more visible than perhaps it is in the UK, is nevertheless an officially secular country. Church and state, schools and church are very much separated. So it doesn't necessarily follow that a country that doesn't do an awful lot of formalised Christian instruction in the classroom is a country that doesn't have Christians. So maybe we shouldn't get too hung up on it. But where I think there is a point that you are absolutely right about is that part of the motivation of tipexing out Christianity from uh, the school calendar, if you like, and the school timetable, is this wrong-headed view that secularism or the absence of faith is a neutral position. It isn't. There is no neutral position. To choose to believe that the, the likelihood is that there is no God and that people don't worship a God, that's a position. It's as partial as Christianity or Islam or Judaism or any other faith. So we need to perhaps realise that Christians should be a little bit more robust and courageous in arguing for Christianity to remain central to our public life, including in education, than perhaps the secular world would normally allow us. If you have a question for Tim, email farron at premier.org.uk. Well, let's end in prayer. Father, we're really grateful to you that we live in a country, those of us living in the UK, where there is such a thing as a parliamentary prayer breakfast. 
where many hundreds of people were gathered together, including many lords, ministers, party leaders and members of parliament uh, to hear the gospel message and to gather in your name. We pray, Lord, that you would embolden church leaders right around our country to speak the gospel faithfully to their communities, to their flocks, but also to the wider communities that they seek to serve. Help us as Christians in our communities to seek to meet the physical needs, emotional needs of the people who we seek to serve, but never to forget that our fundamental duty is to call people to repentance and faith in Christ. I pray that the physical meeting of the prayer breakfast the first time in three years will be a moment of renewal for us in our Christian life and in our public life, that we in the United Kingdom will uh, retain an allegiance to you, Lord, more than in name only. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's show. Don't forget you can catch up on past episodes which feature interviews with party leaders, former government ministers and MPs from all the major parties. Just search for A Mucky Business on your chosen podcast provider or head to premierchristianradio.com forward slash A Mucky Business. Thanks for being with us.